How long was Neil Armstrong actually on the moon? When did Europe start speaking English? Did Marco Polo really go to China? CuriosityStream is the streaming service for all things history, plus science, wildlife, and more. What's the real story behind the Mona Lisa? We've got that. What caused the collapse of Rome? We know. Where did we find mankind's earliest ancestor? Come find out. For the holidays, get the gift of curiosity with 25% off gift cards for your curious cohorts. It's holiday shopping season at curiositystream.com slash gift. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Jeff Pelletier. The purpose of our podcast is a simple question. Why is Israel important? Over the next many episodes, my partner Neil Johnson and I will seek to answer this question. There are just barely over 14 million descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the world today, and about five and a half million of them live in Israel. The rest are scattered across and among the nations. For the sake of our podcast, Israel is both a country and a people. Welcome back, folks, to Israel. Why does the Middle East matter? Or no, Israel, why is the Middle East important? Yes, let's get the show right, Jeff. Okay, so why is the Middle East important? And uh, God, uh, you know there's tons of things happening in right now as we speak. And as we, as we are having this session with you, uh, Passover has just occurred. Uh, the Easter weekend is coming up. And we thought, well, this would be a great great time for us to visit this whole idea of Easter and Passover and try to get uh, help you, Christian believers, to have an understanding of what exactly is going on. Now, you guys know that uh, Passover and Easter happen around the same time every year. What we want to do is is focus this uh, session on that idea of Passover and Easter and try to reconcile this for you, okay? So uh, I'm going to begin with a question because uh, once we start, you know, a- asking questions, we start to learn. We talk about that at the end of the show. We say we don't know anything, but we're always willing to learn. We're always saying, I don't know, so we can learn. And we hope that you have that ethic as well. So here's the question. What does Jesus mean to Passover? And what does Passover mean to Easter? Okay? So you all know that Jesus was crucified on Passover. I'm just pausing there, right? You all know that Jesus was crucified on Passover. But anytime you hear me say Passover and Easter, you should go, why does he, why doesn't he, why are they two different things, right? They're not two different things, and that's what we're going to talk about. So Jesus was crucified on Passover. Neil, why is that important that Jesus was crucified on Passover? Well, I, uh, as you were explaining there, the first thing that comes to mind is, I guess it's most important because it's part of God's plan. Right. Yeah. God decided it would be on Passover. Passover, yeah. God gave Passover uh, at the very beginning uh, in Leviticus yes. uh, 23, where yes. he laid out the seven festivals and yep. he laid out the uh, uh, ritual and mm-hmm. the accoutrements that would accompany Passover. Uh, and and in, pass- in the Exodus and from Jeff. Egypt, and Moses, yeah. God told Moses to do something uh, at the end when they he had the seven plagues, and the last one was the firstborn son of every person will die, 
except for the Jews. For anybody who put the blood. Blood. So blood of the what? Blood of the what? Blood of the lamb. The lamb. Right, right. On their on the, well, the doorposts, the, doorpost, the lintels of their house and yep. so on. Yep. But uh, it is important, I guess, just because you made that point, that it's not just the Jews, uh, Gentiles who saw this cosmic conflict, huh. confrontation, huh. also joined with the Jews. It would be very brave people. Think about that for a minute. Wow. We, we, I don't want to digress, but, we, uh, you know, in a very short time after that Passover evening, yeah. the first day of unleavened bread, yeah. we call that whole week Passover week, but it's actually called unleavened yeah, we're bread. Gonna, we're going to get into that. Uh, yep. Nonetheless, uh, many Gentiles, and they were known as the mixed multitude, they yeah. saw this cosmic confrontation yeah. between the God of these you know, Jews uh-huh. and the gods of prosperous, rich, powerful Pharaoh. Right. And he said, holy cow, the God of the Jews is, is annihilating wow, these gods of this powerful, yep, rich, exactly. uh, unbelievable yeah. empire. Yes. And uh, so they also, some of them also would have put the blood as Moses warned them. And I think that also fits for us. What are we doing today? And, and so the, the point of the blood was that the, the angel of death that was coming to take the firstborn son of every family, right, would see the blood and pass over that house and, and, and not kill and not the firstborn. Kill because they aligned with, with the Jews or the Jews themselves. Right. Because some Jews right. did not do it. Right. Some Gentiles did do it. Right. But predominantly it was a warning to Israel, yep. the Jews, yep. to, to do this. And I yep. think that's a powerful thing for our and, day, and, I'll align with the Jewish people. And we know that uh, because they were leaving uh, the next day, basically, to, to leave, you know, they were preparing to get to go out, and Pharaoh was going to let them go, okay, uh, they made their bread in haste, right, right. Quick, quickly, so they didn't let it rise right. before they baked it. Right. And so it was unleavened. It was unleavened. Right? right. And that's the beginning of the feast of unleavened bread. Right. But it symbolizes the haste with which they had to bake their bread because they didn't have time to let it rise. Yeah. There's so many uh, different uh, points and uh, uh, pictures and types that you get out of these festivals. And we've done them in the past. We've mm-hmm. gone more into depth on them. But that's exactly right, Jeff. It was a very hasty night where they left in a hurry, hurry. and that whole week of unleavened yep. bread that's yep. because that's what they had they yep. had unleavened bread yep. and uh, uh yeah so that's the, that's what we refer to today as passover unleavened bread, bread. first fruits first falls fruits in there falls in there which we're going to we're, we're going to talk about that as well and so jesus jesus uh uh was crucified on passover because as John said, when, G- when Jesus, when John the Baptist saw Jesus, his cousin, he said, "Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world." Right? Exactly. And so Jesus was that Passover Lamb, right? Okay. And and so he his his crucifixion and suffering, which the Lamb didn't suffer at all. The real Lamb, it was just done. You didn't feel a thing because they knew how to do it back in those days. But Jesus suffered tremendously and shed much blood, right? Much blood of his own blood, okay? And so Jesus was was crucified on Passover as that final, right? That final sacrifice. There's no more sacrifice needed to take away sin anymore. Jesus was that lamb. 
He was that sacrifice. And so he was crucified on Passover for a very specific reason, because he was that lamb. Right. Uh, you know, up to that point, it was a rehearsal, as we yes. said before. As you've said and, many times. And now it's a remembrance. Yes, yes. So that's yes. how you can harmonize uh, sometimes these Orthodox Jewish disciples of Jesus still right. going to the temple. Right. Yes, Jesus did give life and meaning to his sacrifice. Yeah. Now I'm doing it in remembrance in of remembrance. how awesome that was. Yes. And Jesus, by the way, says he'll yeah. do it again in the kingdom. He does say so, that, yes. So, so we do have, once it's a rehearsal, and the disciples were unfamiliar with what it all meant, as right. was the whole nation, right. as are we today, yes. what does it all mean? Yes. And at some point it's a, thank God, rehearsal. Yes. And Jesus and the disciples celebrated two Passovers before the final Passover that, or not the final Passover, but the Passover in which Jesus was sacrificed and died and shed blood to cover all of the sins of all of the world, you know, in a final, in a final way. So that's why Jesus died on Passover, right? And yet we have, Neil, this thing that we call Easter. I don't even understand why we have this thing called Easter. We don't need it, right? We don't need it at all. But yet we have this thing. And it's it's celebrating the fact that Jesus rose from the dead, right? He rose from the dead, which is a very important thing. Huge. Without the resurrection, Paul says, we have no faith at all. Zah, zero. Doesn't mean anything. So the resurrection is powerful in its importance. And it's part of the part of the bread because on the third day, Neil, what was that in the Passover week? What was the third day called? The first fruits. First fruits, and Paul says that Jesus was the first fruits from the dead. Must be a coincidence, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of amazing when you think of all the coincidences in life, isn't it? Yeah, with, with uh, everything's coincidental. Yeah. Let's don't let's don't ever look to God. But, yeah, uh, let's yeah. just find coincidences. Yes. But yeah, that was very good, Jeff. Thank you for doing all that. That's exactly right. You summarized a whole bunch into a, a very short period of time. The the feast of unleavened bread, the yeah. Passover week, the week of unleavened bread. Yeah. And uh, part of that that was prophesied for centuries from the beginning was that there would be a resurrection. It's easy for us to look back reading right. the documents, right. but it was not e- easily understandable for those people saying, even if they had a glimmer that there was a deeper meaning, what could it possibly be until it was, quote-unquote, facts on the ground, there was a manifestation. And that's what we read about in yeah. uh, the Bible yeah. up to Jesus' yeah. death and yeah. resurrection. And, and and I think Jesus says to the disciples in uh, during the course of his life and Maybe even after he was raised, I, I don't. You'll have to correct me if I'm wrong here. That you will be with me, right? You will be with me. So how can the only way we can be with him is if we're restor- resurrected too, right? Because he was resurrected. We're, if we die, we can't be with anybody, right? right? So Jesus said, "You will be with me in paradise," or you will, not in paradise. But that was the guy on the, on the cross. But he said, "You will be with me, and I will be with you." So the only way that's possible, in literal terms, is if we're all resurrected right. at the end. Right, right. And and there's plenty of pictures of that. But again, you have to always ask yourself, what of this mystical manifestation made sense to people before it happened? Just like in our day, Jeff, 
many things will happen where we'll say to ourselves as believers in God, wow, 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 now I understand what that meant. Yeah. But yeah. that we can have all kinds of opinions beforehand. Yeah. Back to your point, though, about the whole Easter, Easter Passover thing. Yeah. What's weekend the deal? thing. What, why do we have an Easter? Well, uh, Easter crept in for all kinds of different reasons, and some of it was deliberate. We've talked about this before, and I don't want to go too deep into this, Jeff. For, for One, for time, and two, it's just too, it's too much. But yep. basically, about 300 years or so after Jesus' death, there was a council among the Gentiles a powerful, powerful ruler named Constantine, Constantine. invoked that council. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's called the Council of Nicaea. Mm-hmm. And they deliberately mm-hmm. and specifically mm-hmm. wanted to distance themselves from the Jews. They did. That accursed sect of Israel. That's wow. how some people talk to them. Wow. And so they, they, they deliberately wanted to separate themselves from the Jews. Absolutely. If you read some of that writing, they, they separated the calendar, the observant day, and it all became... Uh, on Jesus' resurrection, which is a wonderful thing. It's a hey, beautiful thing. It's a uh, folks. Don't you do you see the whole Easter egg thing in the Easter Bunny? How you know they multiply like rabbits? You know that that's a it's a fertility thing that we celebrate and Easter eggs and all that. It's fertility. It's that's nothing to do with Jesus and the Passover. Yeah, I mean you can say uh, uh, you could say. Uh, is it always close enough in any sort of distortion that the enemy, that's what I always right, go back to, right. it's a battle for our minds. What did you learn first? Yeah. And who stands to gain behind this? If I can get you off a oh, little bit. Oh, boy, is that a good question. But, Wait, let's just quit right, yeah. let's stop right there. Who stands to gain? So, who stood to gain from changing Passover into Easter? Who stood to gain from that? Well, one I can tell you first who didn't stand to gain, and that was anybody who believed in God. They Uh did not gain at all, whether Mm. they were Jews who were persecuted Mm. because of that, Mm. or the Gentiles who Mm. now are very confused and they're trying to reconnect up, how do I fit into this whole Mm. scheme of God's plan for redemption? Yeah. So, Which is what it's all about. Right. Redemption. Redemption. It's all about redemption. By the way, that is the third cup of the Passover Seder, is the cup of redemption. It's very crucial, and not to get people not to celebrate Easter. That's fine. It's fine. It's fantastic. But who stands to gain? Yeah. An unseen realm of mm. very powerful mm. entities, mm. for whatever reason, however mm-hmm. perverse their mm-hmm. rationale is yeah. or their thinking is, they're far more powerful yeah. than we humans. Yeah. God had mercy on us human beings. Yeah. He always, from the beginning, had a plan of redemption, and part of it was the Passover week, all of the festivals. Now, but it is important that you understand who stands to gain and where did that come from and where can we trace it historically and we can trace it to definitively the Council of Nicaea in about 300, 332 or so where they wanted to separate anything to do with the Jews. So the the, uh, accuser of the brethren, the Diabolos, Satan, right? His goal, the accuser, right? His the, that's his goal is to categorize. Accuser, the word accuser in the in, in the Bible means actually it's categorical. It means to categorize. So what 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 happened at Nicaea was you had your Jews and you had your Gentiles. So you categorize. We have the Christians and we have the Jews, right? So Christians and Jews, they're different. They're not the same. Uh, they have. Pa- Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com slash holiday. Passover, we have Easter, right? It all becomes a separation. It becomes a categorization. So if I'm different from you, why should I worry? Why should I even talk to you? Why should I even care about you? So that began kind of the separation between Jew and Gentile at that at, at that uh, uh, Council of Nicaea. They, they did a bunch of other good stuff in that council, but again, we are we are the Christian church, and those are the Jews over there. That's right. right? And so, it's never meant to be that way because in Ephesians chapter two, right, Paul said Jesus is our peace, and he tore down the dividing wall between Jew and Gentile. And the dividing wall was in the temple. It was, a, it was a wall that Gentiles were not allowed to go past because that's where the Holy of Holies was. And that was only for Jews, right? And they could only go into those temple courts uh, because you were Jewish. And Paul said that Jesus tore that wall down. Yeah. He tore that protection down, making the two one. Right. So now Paul says we're one. And he said this way before Constantine, right? hundreds of years before Constantine, and Constantine goes about separating it again, Jew and Gentile. Right, right, D- definitively. And yes, you're right, there was an actual wall, a yeah. physical wall around the whole temple precinct yeah. that the Gentiles could yeah. go. There was an inner curtain called the Parochet, which only the high priest could go right, into. Right, right. Both of which are symbolically and specifically rent or destroyed at different times, so that uh, yes, Jews do not become Gentiles. No. Gentiles do not become Jews. No, males do not become females. No. Females don't become no. uh, males, and <laughs> so on you. and Thank so forth. Thank you for that reference. Yes. Thank but you. <laughs> what he was saying is, callings, your yeah. positional yeah. place yeah. in the kingdom yeah. is: you are Gentiles, you are Jews. And I have a place for both of you, both of you. separate and distinct, yes, however, yes. but not apart. Yes. But and, not and, apart. And the Jews are the sons. It says the sons of God. It calls them that many times. Right, many times. And the and the Gentiles are like Moses, in a sense, because Moses was adopted by Pharaoh and made a son of Pharaoh and had all the rights of his natural-born son. There's all kinds of right? symbolism. That's a, that's a type, right? That's exactly right. It's a type. Right. So we're the gent- we're Moses in a sense in Pharaoh's court, in, if you want to go there. But we're adopted, and we have the same rights as the natural born. So when you make those connections, Jeff, that's exactly right. But it's always this is what's so important. All those connections you make, yeah, they're all in a Jewish concept. I know in a Jewish whole, context. I mean, yes, they are. So you can say we're a type of Moses. Yes, but Moses was from the tribe of Levi. Levi, he was a Jew. He was a uh, so priest can, as well. So you can say, yeah. you know, whether it's prodigal son or any other connection you make, yeah. King David, and so yeah. on. And, so, yeah. and there's many, many different types of applications. Mm. But always they're in a Jewish context. They're not separate. In other words, yep. as we always say, God yep. is not schizophrenic. He yep. did not say, I'm done with Israel. I'm done with the festivals. 
One of which no. was Passover, yes. or Feast of Unleavened Bread, exactly. that I said would be forever. Yes. And that Jesus said, I will celebrate it again with you in the kingdom. Wow. So wow. he said all these things. Wow. He did not become schizophrenic and say, you know, I've had it with the Jews. My, yep. my, my, my portions where I said I love them with an everlasting, everlasting. love. I'm not, I don't mean that anymore. No. I like the Gentiles. Yeah. They, yeah. they got it right. 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 No, right. I think that that's important. All of this was always within a Jewish context, even when you find application for a, a, a deeper spiritual meaning like you just did with Moses. That's amazing. Okay, so the, the point that I think is really important, and, and folks, pay attention to this, if you would, please, because uh, Easter is a Passover celebration, it's, it's, it's this, it, and it puts the emphasis on the resurrection of Jesus, Easter does, but that is the first fruits from the dead, and then the whole Passover week begins the Feast of Weeks, is that correct? Uh, the Feast of Weeks is throughout the, the, that whole period, but I, I, once Jesus was resurrected, it's not like we never saw him again. There was another week and mm. even longer. Forty days. But Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But the fact is, there he didn't just go. He right. wasn't just right. gone. Yes. He came back and appeared to his friends, Jews, mm. his disciples, Jews, mm. all the holy city, mm. Jerusalem, mm. Jews. He came back and he reappeared and he talked and he explained. He we, did. We have road to Emmaus. Road to Emmaus. He, yeah. he explained and he yeah. took his time and he yeah. told them this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. And we read about Peter and so on. Who, of mm. course, they mm. Peter's. I mean, even Thomas. We, we poor guy's been called doubting Thomas. Right. But, but right before that, just like with Peter, he, Thomas says, "Well, let's go up with." The Messiah, we might as well die with him. Wow. But they still didn't understand the total import or significance. Right. And also, it's important to realize the cost. Yes. There's a cost. And so all of these things, though, are woven and interrelated into a Jewish context. Yes. And that's not that we Gentiles should become Jews or that we should abandon our celebration of resurrection and Easter and Good Friday. None of that. We're just saying put it in context as best we can. That's all we're trying to do here. Put it in context as best you can. And when you read the Bible again, you'll see that Jesus throughout is referred to as the Passover, our Passover, that, as we said, you know, the Apostle Paul, the, the, the observant Jew to the Gentiles, called him our Passover lamb. He didn't call him our Easter egg hunt bunny, whatever, yes. our Passover lamb. And that's important so that you can get more out of your own relationship with God, even if it's different, we being Jews and not, we being Gentiles and not Jews, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's important. It's still within that Jewish context. So we've said this many times, folks, and we're going to keep saying it because our focus in this podcast is for Christians, for believers in Jesus, to understand their faith in, a, in the richest possible way. And one of the things we've said before, as I said, is it's the important thing is to look at the New Testament through the lens of, of the Old Testament, from Genesis forward. If you look at the New Testament through that lens, 
when Paul makes references, when Peter makes references, when James makes references, you understand that they're Jews making those references, right, as Jews, and they're telling you something much deeper than you think they're telling you, because on the surface you might say, well, that's just a word, whatever. But if you understand it through the Old Testament, from the beginning, understand everything from the beginning all the way through, it's a whole... It's a, it's a much deeper, the, the Jews call it the midrash, the deeper meaning. And, and uh, so that's why we're doing this, uh, folks. That's why it's important to understand Passover or Easter through the lens of Passover. Right, right. Uh, that, that's the main thing. It is not a separate, God did not finish with the Jews and decide to go and start a whole new thing. He prophesied what would happen on this Passover week, on this Feast of Unleavened Bread week. He prophesied it. It's just it hadn't happened yet, and people didn't totally understand what that would mean. And all of it is in context of Jesus being our Passover. And uh, as we are finishing up here uh, in time, as it were, uh, uh, it's important to realize we are going into a new epoch. A mm. new relational mm. position with God. As a matter of fact, we've done a show on this talking about time. And yes. one of the things yes. in this cusping of turning of time is, yes. one, the supernatural realization of Gentiles who are saying, wait a minute, mm-hmm. I'm not buying this anti-Jewish, anti-Israel, anti-Holy City mindset that maybe I was taught. And Jews are also saying, wait a minute. Maybe some of these Gentiles are actually our brother. It's just an amazing thing that's really happening here. But way before that, it was written thousands of years ago, there was a time period called the time of the Gentiles. Mm. And the uh, Jewish uh, observant Jew to the Gentiles, Paul, he said uh, in Romans, I do not want you to be ignorant of this mystery so that you will not be conceited. A hardening has come to Israel until the full number of Gentiles has come in. So Paul is saying there is a time period. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't be ignorant. Don't be conceited. There is a time. And uh, Jeff, I, we've done the show on this. I think that's the time we're in because it's just far too too many things happening today. So don't be ignorant. Don't be conceited. He's telling telling that to the Gentiles, right? He is telling it yeah. to the Gentiles. So here's, here's the point. What does that mean to, to be arrogant and conceited? It means to be like this. Well, I'm a Christian. Uh, uh, God is done with those Jews. It's all about us now. That's what Paul is talking about. Don't do that. He said the Jews are right there. And he even says in Romans that all Israel will be saved. Right. He also says in in uh, Romans 11, he talks about the fact that the that Israel is the root of the tree and it is the cultivated olive tree, and that we are a wild branch that's grafted in to the cultivated olive tree. And then he says, "Do not forsake your roots, Gentiles. Right. Right. Do not forsake your roots." Right. And right. we have. And we have. We have. And we're very mixed up today trying to figure out how do we make that work. And, and again, uh, maybe we'll do another show on this about further elaborate as best we can. How should that work? And 
who stood to gain by keeping us apart. The only one that stood to gain was this unseen realm. Mm-hmm. They've kept the Jews yeah, from the uh, division. being close yes. to, the, to the church, as yes. you will. They've kept yes. the church, the Gentile church, yes. if you will, from knowing they are to be the protectors and lovers of Israel. Because mm-hmm. after all, mm-hmm. it is God's plan mm-hmm. that it should be this mm-hmm. way. And so, yes, uh, both are true. And that's all we're trying to bring is some clarity on the idea this was all done within the Passover week. He didn't stop and start a new thing, completely Gentilized, called Easter. Did not do that. So there we are. So, folks, I hope this has been helpful to you. I, again, it's been a 100,000-foot view. <laughs> I mean, we, we could go real deep into this. And, and, you know, if you have questions, you can, uh, you can email us. Israel, why is the Middle East important at gmail.com? If that's wrong, you just hang on to the very end of the show, and I'll give you the right right address. You can go, uh, Israel, why is the Middle East important on Facebook as well, and and drop us a, a word there and messenger us there. But if you if you really you know want want to hear more about this, uh, we'd be glad to give you resources to help you to get there because it's so important. It's so important not to abandon your Jewish roots. It's so important to look at your Christianity through the lens of a Jewish a Jewish lens so you could get the the greatest depth from it. This has been a great discussion for this episode of Israel. Why is the Middle East important? I look forward to how this continues to unfold. As you can tell, Neil and I enjoy talking about the subject as it helps us to get to the root of the matter about God and why Israel and the Middle East are so important. Thank you for listening to this podcast, and we would love to hear from you. Visit us at our home at Spreaker.com. Israel, why is the Middle East important? That's Spreaker.com. Israel, why is the Middle East important? And you can find us on Facebook using that same title. And you can email us at why is the Middle East important at gmail.com. That's why is the Middle East important at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. If you like what you hear, please invite your friends to the conversation. One thing Neil and I always say to each other is, I don't know. Because the only way we know is to not know. Once you have it all figured out, you stop learning. And that state of mind is what helps us to learn and grow. We invite you into that journey with us. From Neil Johnson and me, Jeff Pelletier, Shalom and see you next time. Hello 
it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.